Picture at Los Angeles 2023. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I am H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And we are your go-to for everything Golden Girls. Duh. We've been doing this for like 10 years. Duh. <laughs> we yes, do it all. We do do it all. We watch episodes of the Golden Girls and talk about it. We've watched the Golden Palace. We interview writers and cast members. We cover Golden Girls news. And we're slowly but surely breaking down the entire careers of our four golden ladies. And today we're doing a very special Golden Rewind, where we go back and we rewatch re a favorite episode of the Golden Girls and offer new insights since we first started breaking down these episodes way back in 2014. And since it is the holiday season, we just rewatched season two, episode 11, Twas the Nightmare Before Christmas, which of course is the one where Blanche is horny for all the Santas. Mm, I love it. And we have... We're doing something very strange today. I feel very much like out of my norm because we never have a guest. I think maybe the only guests that have, might have joined us in our intro segment are the other GG VIPs, Alaska Thunderfuck and Elliot Glazer. So this yeah. is a very special new per new addition to the GG VIP club, Danny Pellegrino. Hello, Hello. Danny. I feel honored and I was I was just so excited to chime in and I love you too and I am so happy to be here and I hope I don't let your listeners down because I love the Golden Girls myself. I love the girls and I um yeah. Well when I we just, I feel nervous. I feel don't pressure. feel nervous. Don't I mean don't, this is I, okay, okay, okay. This I will is say not that space. The community no. is very welcoming okay. and they, they <laughs> very, I mean they already know who you are. They all listen to everything's iconic. So Yeah, you're I mean good. everyone's very familiar with you. Just don't say anything disparaging of the girls or you will be canceled. Yeah, I I would yes. never. Yes. I will. wouldn't dare. I just uh, hung up my tree and I have all the girls' ornaments. The Hallmark on ones? The Hallmark ones. Oh, I yeah. love that. That's so cute. I still, I'm trying to hang up. I want, we have like a tree slash, like, like, uh, like menorah situation and like a Hanukkah wreath for the door and everything else. And, but we haven't done anything yet. We're, we've been very lazy. Yeah. Well, I'm an early bird. So it was like, October 1st, I'm ready to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hear you. I like putting things up early too. We haven't yet just because things have been a little bit crazy. Not lazy, just a little crazy. Um, We're lazy. We're but lazy. we also have Golden Girls ornaments. And I think the ornaments were the only Golden Girls Christmas decorations we have. Do they make more than ornaments? Do we know? I don't know. You know, I put out the those Funko Pops. Do you know those? Mm -hmm. Oh, we I like know to that. create like... Yeah, I like to create sort of like a nativity. So I do pull my out the girls in Funko form for the holidays. Like they're my they're my nativity. When my three I, four wise gals. When um I forget I think it was when Michael and I first got together. He I think he gave me a Golden Girls Funko thing, and I was like, trust me, I have it. Like I have everything, but I I didn't want to. And I have a backup. Yes, and I have millions at home because they're everywhere. So <laughs> Danny. Danny yeah, okay. I want to I, I want to freak out on Danny a little bit because yes, before we get to anything with the girls, Danny and I go way, way, way back, and well, not way, way, way back, but like a back. And you, I mean, I've been on your podcast. You do everything iconic with Danny Pellegrino. You're a writer, New York Times bestselling writer, and yes. we wanted you here today because you wrote your new book that is your latest book called The Jolliest Bunch is a story of holiday essays, some crazy fun holiday, some sort of like, you know, like uh, like the, the Grinch sort of like holiday versions of stories. Like I love that yeah. it spans the spectrums of the holidays okay. moods. And I wanted you here Thank to talk you. a little bit about the book. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, it's a, called The Jolliest Bunch Collection of Holiday Stories, and each chapter is its own little story. I like to think of it as like Christmas Vacation. Do you know that movie, mm -hmm. National Lampoon? So it's sort of like that vibe. So uh, very silly, but then also there's a couple more dramatic and heartfelt chapters in there as well. But uh, they're really just hopefully make people laugh throughout the holidays, feel like a warm hug. But I, I wanted each chapter to kind of have feel like those 90s holiday movies that I love, mm. the Home Alones and the Christmas Vacations and sort of the chaos. And what I learned in writing the book was that I had all these uh, stories around the holidays that were really crazy in my family. Uh, but as the book has now gone out into the world, I've heard from so many people who have their own collection of those chaotic holiday memories yes. that people... You know, you retell every time you're with your family around the a dinner table or something. And so 
it's been really exciting to just hear from other people about their stories too. But so this is my collection. Hopefully, make people laugh and oh, and have a it good made time. me feel many many things. And what I love about it so much is that because I'm kind of like I love the aesthetics and the entertainment of the holidays, and I know you share that as well. And I firmly the drama be- the drama of the holiday. Yes, yeah. I, yes, I love the drama of the holidays. The actual like parts of the holidays that are like celebrating and stuff i don't necessarily love but i love watching the movies and one of the things i wanted to ask you is and i this might be a controversial opinion but i think and we're all sort of 90s kids here and i think the 80s to 90s era of christmas celebration in popular culture in entertainment were the two decades where we just we just did it right and ever since streamers started they've kind of fucked it all up what do you think like what was the best era for entertainment christmas entertainment well i totally agree i think um i was just talking to a friend about how flat everything looks on streaming now like all the movies everything looks cheaper and um and i i wonder if i talked to you about this on with on your other podcast but i the parting feel shot like, um, with hl yeah, the parting shot, which fantastic <laughs> podcast we might have talked about this on one of the chats we did over there but i um feel like in the 90s you got a lot of script scripts and writing that were like a little sometimes off now everything is so built by committee and so you lose a lot of that kind of weirdness that is comes with an individualistic voice because now if you have a weird musical montage and something that doesn't maybe make sense tonally it'll go but if you watch something like first wives club it makes that's what the charm of that movie is is when they have a musical number or um my best friend's wedding singing in that it's not a musical. Mm -hmm. And so most people nowadays, I feel like would read that script and be like, well, why do you have a musical number in the middle of it? Doesn't make sense. Get rid of it. And so all these movies now just kind of feel like fine. Like you watch it. Don't you, I just watched that. I I don't want me to talk shit about Melissa McCarthy because I love her, but I watched that genie movie and forgive me if people out there liked it, but I just, it, it felt so like fine to me. It was like, it felt like, it felt like pumped out. You know what I mean? It felt like very much yeah. like, Oh, she went in for three weeks. She did the thing and then she left kind of deal. And it was yeah. fine. It was something that I would put on in the background. If I'm, if I'm wrapping presents or perhaps cleaning the sink, you know, I would have it ready and doing the things, but I wouldn't sit down and be like, I'm going to watch national lampoons Christmas mm-hmm. vacation. Right. Like that's, that's a sit down Christmas. Yeah. Movie, you know, you, we just are missing that quirk or that yeah. mm-hmm. weirdness that was in those 90s movies. And and so in terms of like Christmas as a genre, I do think on television, it's actually, I think, better than ever on Hallmark. Mm-hmm. Like we're getting really interesting stuff happening on Hallmark that I don't know if people are exactly aware of. It's like they're they're doing uh, not just those tropes that everyone knows, but they're sort of expanding into like an action mm-hmm. rom-com now this year. And they're way more diversity on screen and all that kind of stuff. So I think that is, the, and they have the rest of it down pat, like all the the scenery and the cinematography all is perfect. So yeah, I think that is exciting. Well, not only, I mean, I agree with you on so many of these things. One, I agree with you that a lot of films these days are made by committee. It's less about an artistic vision and it's more about product. And it's really, it 100% is about money and it's too many cooks. There's so many people who have to have an opinion to justify their jobs. Um, fine. Um, but, but also with Hallmark, like I feel like a lot of cable channels, like they really cut back on their programming, but Hallmark has like leaned in 120%. They're gonna, they're like, we're going to give you one new Hallmark Christmas movie every day for the entire month of December. And their ratings are really, really good. Like they have figured it out. You know, it's my bone to pick with Hallmark though. I got a bone. I got a bone with the Christmas okay. movies is that with the scheduling. I understand. I I partake in the Christmas celebrations of Hallmarkness. I'm into it. I'm there for it. I even love. I I want them. You to, missed the Golden Girls reruns. Yes, thank you. I just need a two hour block of the Golden Girls in the morning and in the afternoon, and then go back to Christmas because everyone watching those Christmas movies movies would stop and watch the Golden Girls. Yeah, I get that. That's also that. true. So, um, Danny, I have another Christmas related question for you. You and I were both. Big fans of J.C. Chasse. Both really enjoy him, his music, his turtlenecks, all that. I've been dying to ask you if J.C. Chasse did a duet with someone Mm -hmm. for um, What Are You Doing New Year's Eve? 
who would you like to see that person be that he does a duet with? And feel free to take your time. We love dead air. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We can rip too. All of this. No, I think um, immediately. Oh gosh. Um, I'd, I'd want it to be, Oh God. I'm kind of, I kind of want it to be someone current to help usher him into a new generation Mm. um, with fans. I mean, so maybe I'd say like a Taylor Swift because honestly, like that would be, the best bet to get JC Chazay in the rightful place of pop culture that he belongs. I also think it could be great with Ariana Grande because they've sort of collaborated mm. when um, NSYNC went to Coachella, I think it was with her. So yeah, I, but no, I'd say Taylor Swift because that would just like skyrocket him, get him a number one. Yeah. We'd be back in the zeitgeist, baby. Yeah. He needs to be detached from Justin Timberlake, I think. There needs to be a detachment because I feel like Justin Timberlake just brings people down. You know what I mean? I just think he does. Yeah. I feel like they uh, they really uh, planted the seeds of that NSYNC reunion just for Justin's rehabilitation in mm-hmm. terms of his image. Mm-hmm. I could be a conspiracy theorist, but that's how it feel. That's how it felt. And then I feel like the NSYNC guys got screwed over because yeah. then the Britney book came out. Everybody hated him even more. Mm-hmm. And then now he was wrapped up in NSYNC again. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. horrible. And going I, back to the Mickey Mouse Club days, J.C. Chazé, because I used to watch it back then. He was the bigger star on that show. He yeah. was older. He had more He's solos. also cuter. He's also cuter. I'm just saying. I he agree. Is, he's more handsome. The the most handsome one. Oh my God. What's his name? The larger one. The tall one. Help Joey. Me. Joey Fatone. Joey. Oh my God. There I'm was, newly into Joey Fatone. There was something I didn't really about like Joey. Him before. When jo- I think it was my big fat Greek wedding that made me into Joey because Joey, not because the character went gay, because that happened in my big fat Greek wedding too. Mia Ferdalis is going to love that we're talking about this because her and I are now personal friends but wait have you seen part three because yes have i like, seen uh, part three t- I, am, I haven't watched it yet and i'm dying it is, too, I also so. it is joyous it is joyous I go to, to peacock.com right now or peacocktv.com right now i almost and go watched watch it once when i was sort of tired but i wanted no, to like commit to, to it that's so considerate of you that's great yeah i am sending me this audio clip because you both everyone needs to support my big fat greek wedding three it's incredible there's a non-binary character in it yeah like my heart love so much but i i just want to be present for it like i want to need really to be. sit and be present because i was going to put it on when i was super tired and it's like no this needs my full attention because i love these movies but there's something about joey when joey was like full-on out supporting lance when lance came out i never really cared about lance but when lance came out and joey was like that's my guy i was just like oh my god i'll do anything for you joey pick me up marry me take me across the street i don't care where we go just take me there Put one of your Superman T-shirts on me. He is, and he's hosting, and he's doing lots of fun stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for all of them. Wait, I have a, I have a Christmas, another Christmas-related question that's sort of cable TV related that I've been dying to ask you, Danny. Ever since this was all happening, so I need to know. I'll tell you mine, and then maybe you can like elaborate from there. One of my favorite, and it's one of the worst Christmas TV movies probably in the history of Christmas TV movies. However. I watch it every single year. It is incredible. I get off on it. A Diva's Christmas Carol starring Vanessa oh, Williams. Oh, sure, Vanessa Williams. It is canon. It is everything. It is up there with, like, uh, It's a Wonderful Life for me. Like, it's an essential watch for me. So what is, if not, and I, I have a feeling that's probably also on your list, but what is a horrible Christmas movie that you just get off on? Oh, that what a shift that was. I was like ready to talk about Diva's Christmas Carol. You can like, talk about go. that too. No, <laughs> you can talk about that too. No, I th- but I do want to answer that other question because I just watched it the other day, I think. Um, Deck the Halls with Matthew Broderick. Yes. And wow. Danny DeVito. And Kristen Chenoweth. Yeah. Really? Shocking. Kristen Davis plays Matthew Broderick's wife. And of course, in real life, married to SJP. So there's a Sex and the City connection. Wow. But then I was watching it the other day, and I don't think I've ever seen it, but I thought it was terrible. And I, it felt very much like a 30 Rock movie, like a made-up movie that 30 yeah. Rock would do. But I started looking up facts, and apparently on set, like Danny DeVito just would like rush in to do his lines and then like run out. And then Matthew Broderick was caught um, saying, like, this is ruining my career. <laughs> like, yeah. I was cracking up. But it is a terrible movie. I also think that Vince Vaughn's holiday output is terrible too. Oh, yes. the fred claus and four christmases are both yes. i i believe horrendous yes and i love most bad for listeners who don't know me i love most 
holiday movies. And in fact, in my book, there's tons of pop culture references. So there's lots of that stuff throughout it. But I love a bad Christmas movie. And yet those three to me are all terrible. Where do you they have to Christmas be entertaining. Yes, they have to be entertaining. They can be bad, but they have to be like entertaining bad and not just bad, bad. Right. Exactly. And Christmas with the Cranks, Thank which you. I think you were just bringing up. Yes. I feel like that... It, that falls into like the so bad it's fun category. Yes, to I me. agree. Like I and Jamie Lee Curtis like is doing a wild character in that that I don't. She's doing her version of Diane Keaton, a Diane Keaton character. So she's doing a lot of like screaming every time like she drops a ham or something. It's yeah. like a lot of noises. Like, <laughs> she, yeah, she, you're right. She's doing Diane Keaton the crying scene from Something's Gotta Give. Yes, yes. Oh, that scene. Oh, I always fully... feel so. But what a view out that window as a writer. You just like want to be like in the Hampton staring out that big bay uh, window. You with wouldn't the get beach. anything done. You wouldn't get yes, anything done. Yes, you would. You would. I would get everything done. I yeah. don't think you would. I do have another. That is the, my favorite, one of my favorite houses, I think, probably. Oh, my God. That beach oh, house. God. I don't know. There is a, Dan, I'm going to send you a photo. There is a, there is a, it is dying for a Nancy Myers movie. There's a house in my neighborhood that is on this little, like, sloping hill, and it's got all this ivy on the outside, and it Ooh. turns all different colors in the fall. And I'm like, okay. Nancy Myers, you have to location it. scout is going to pass by I'm here someday. It feels I'm like very father of the bride. It's beautiful. I'm going to say something bold here, but I have, I think, and I stand by this firmly, that the house in It's Complicated is actually better than the house in Something's Gotta Go. Who's, whose house? Meryl Streep's house? Yeah, of course Meryl, Meryl Streep's house. Who else's house? I love how she has to redo <laughs> that kitchen. And it's I like know. the most stunning I kitchen. Know. And she's like, I got to get rid of this. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Wait, Danny, I do have to, I, well, I just have to ask you, I should just say that there's another film coming up by a previous Golden Girls writer, a Christmas movie that will be a part, I think it will live alongside a diva's christmas carol in that it is going to be good but it is also going to give us all of the pop culture 80s-ness that we need it is called ladies of the 80s a diva's christmas and it has written by our friend of the pod stan zimmerman a future guest coming up this later in december i think um and i think everyone should watch it's on lifetime on december 2nd Ooh, i can't wait to listen to that episode because i saw the pre i saw the one sheet or the poster for that yeah. movie and it looks so good there are so many amazing women in i mean lonnie anderson is in lonnie anderson is in lonnie it. anderson give me lonnie anderson oh my god it is gonna come be come on incredible Getting to get these women together. I mean, that's all we need. That's all we want. Danny, where can people buy the book just so that we can uh, get it's that It's anywhere. You can get it from your favorite local bookstore, or if you don't want to spend the money, you can call your library and ask them to request or request them to have it. There's also an audiobook. Amazon has it for cheap right now. Amazing. Wherever. I love that. Well, let's take a break and get into the episode, right? Yes. And we're back talking about the Golden Girls, Twas the Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, right off the bat, I have to say, I love any episode that gives us horny Blanche in minute Ugh. one. Yes. What is it? What Wait, are you- are, and she's she's turned on by Santa's. And I need to ask, are the two of you turned on by the Santa suit? Why did I know you were going to? I was going to ask what holiday turns you on the most. But that is also a great question. I, 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 well, I don't think I'm turned on by anybody in a Santa suit, but if like Joey Fatone put on a Santa suit, I would be like panties off. Okay. I feel like I was watching a movie and there was like a scene with like Santa strippers. So it wasn't like the traditional heavy, loose clothing. The pants were a little bit tighter. I feel like, so I feel like that kind of Santa I could be attracted to. The one that Blanche brings home, like a mall Santa, I don't think mm. so. I feel like they're hot, they're sweaty. I have a child. She's always sticky. You know, there's just, there's a lot of germs and stuff on that outfit. And yeah. it just feels very, it just feels like that's warm true. and sweaty and stinky. That could be for some people. That's great. It's just not for me. So what about, but what you, Danny? A, what about you, Danny? Yeah, no, I totally do. Yeah, I have a Santa <sighs> fetish thing. Like, it's a weird, not not like a gross, ugly mall Santa kind of guy, but like a sexy Santa yeah. or a, a hot guy in a Santa costume. But someone in a Santa really costume. Who would, who would do it? What celebrity would be in that Santa costume? I mean, I, I would be, to me, any like male celebrity would be notched up like 10 points by being in a sexy Santa outfit. Mm. So like someone who is maybe like a five, like, or uh, five or lower, you put Paul Giamatti in a sexy Santa outfit, oh. and to me, he's a seven. 
Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I was gonna go. I was gonna go in the direction of Adam Scott, which is. But I'm glad you win the Paul Giamatti. You really took it there with Paul Giamatti. <laughs> but that's the the point is that it's like anyone who's like a, you know if you're a four you're a seven in a sexy Santa outfit to me. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say Daniel Radcliffe was the first person that popped into my head. Ooh. So I feel like we all had really interesting choices for that Every fun time game. Daniel Radcliffe. I once interviewed <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe and Daniel Radcliffe. I saw him in Equus on Broadway, and we all know what happened. Happens at Equus because you've the talked scene. about this on the podcast. Yes, you've talked oh, about this in the podcast God. before. Oh We're, are you okay? Do you need? You don't need to talk about Don Cheadle, right? You okay? No, but I, I need. Do a you fan. need a minute? Yeah, I do you need, a, yeah. Get, get a fan. fan. Matt, get, the, get the fan. Get the fan. Somebody get the fan. Um, I also love in this scene how um, Blanche specifically says about a Santa. She says, the side of a Santa sets my body aflame with unbridled desire. Like only <laughs> Blanche Devereaux would use those words to describe yeah. her attraction to a Santa Claus. Um, so that's how I feel. Yeah. That's how spiritually I feel that way about Santos. <laughs> I mean, which is why it's perfect that you wrote a book like about the holidays is that you probably just yes. were turned on the entire time you were writing the book. Right. right it's on. time to right. find out right. who's just... naughty or nice. <laughs> and then I love that the man um, who played the sexy Santa, or not even sexy, just the Santa, um, he didn't have any lines. And it always makes me laugh and shows when they don't want to pay the person yes. to do the line. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. So they have to just sort of cut around it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love that. Yep. It's so, it's so wild. Sometimes you'll have episodes where there will be like, when you have a lot of extras, it, it makes sense when people aren't talking. But sometimes you'll just have like, you know, the women with like four people in the room and only one of them's talking and three are just like standing there awkwardly. It's always so bizarre. But yeah, it's always a matter of money. Um, so so yeah, so Rose, everybody knows the, the scene with uh, Blanche and the sexy Santa and then Rose and Dorothy come home. And I know we're just mere moments into talking about this episode, but we have to play the clip when Blanche runs out wearing the Santa hat and beard and she's just in like sheer ecstasy. Let me take a wild guess. You didn't expect us home this early. Dorothy Rose, I'd like you to meet. We know who he is, Blanche. Santa, how could you? <laughs> that Rose line, the we know who he is, Blanche, the Betty White's delivery, it makes you know me I, laugh every time. You know what I love about it most is not just her delivery of the first line, but that the first delivery makes you think that she thinks that's really Santa, but then the payout is, no, she knows that isn't the real Santa. It's just a worker of Santa, and she's just as appalled. Like, I love the layers of the joke. Right. I mean, it always strikes me anytime I watch the show, just like how each actor lines up so perfectly with their characters and delivers lines in a way that w is so unexpected and perfect. I don't know. Yeah. Not that, yeah. I, yeah. No. Every one of Rose's yes. line readings, though, is just so like, only I feel like only Betty White knew how to do it exactly like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's why the show will never be rebooted because you just can't do it. Um, I also would really like to see at Golden Con next year someone dressed as Blanche with the Santa hat and beard because that was a costume that we didn't see at Golden Con. And I'm just saying I would love to see that. I feel like all the Golden Girls oh fans would yes. know that. I think you're so right. Yes. Um, I also wanted to point out, Danny, I don't know if you ever watched the Golden Palace, if you ever. Um, oh, I sure did. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> there was that one Christmas episode um, where uh, Don Cheadle was supposed to be dressing up as Santa for um, the hotel and Rose took her sort of santa training duties like she was like an aggressive football coach like when she i think it was like she wanted to see if he could laugh and make his like belly roll like the jelly whatever she's like show me your belly and she's screaming at don Cheadle to take his clothes off and um it just reminded me of it just reminded me of this moment that rose takes santa duties incredibly seriously it worked for me i mean telling rose yelling at don Cheadle to take his clothes off i was on board I know, I know you were. I know you were. Um, How open are the two of you with me bringing up a completely different topic from this episode, but still related to the Golden Girls? Oh, right of course. Please, Please go. Okay. I'm sorry to your listeners, but you mentioned <laughs> the Golden Palace, and I just felt like I had to interrupt to ask this question of, like, the IP is so strong with Golden Girls. And mm -hmm. obviously, we talked about all these toy, like Funko things, and, you mm -hmm. know, it's a popular brand. And... At some point, they probably will do something. But like, what you're in your opinion, like, what is the proper thing to do? Like, is there some sort of spinoff, or is there 
what do you think the best as fans who love this, what's the best use of the IP if the if they're gonna do something? Carrie, you wanna go first? Ooh, I yeah. It's so funny. I feel like you're asking, yeah, you're like giving me a piece of IP and you're like, give me your best take, pitch on this, compete <laughs> with other writers. Yeah. Um, I'm I don't know. I feel like um, you know, yeah, I don't know if it's like a prequel or a like is there a yeah. future for it? Well, somewhere? here I, I firmly believe I that a know. reboot of any kind is a no-go. You don't do it. You don't try to recreate the magic. However, and Alaska and I have talked about this before many, many times, that we both believe that there is a possibility, a world in which you could do a dramatic interpretation of the Golden Girls. And it's like a drama series, sort of like what they did with Lou Grant after the mm. Mary Tyler Moore show. And it's Allison Janney as Dorothy's Bornack. And she's hitting the streets as a hard, tough substitute teacher in Miami. And she's got her mom, Sally Field, who's just always on her back. You know what I mean? So like what they did with she- Fresh Prince, right? Oh, yeah. Similar to Fresh Prince mm-hmm. as well. Exactly. Yeah. Angela Bassett is at home as Blanche and she's just like causing all kinds of storms and also possibly turning the house into a brothel could be could be could be interesting. I mean, there's yeah. lots of areas you can go. I feel like I feel like what you would see is a little a little like sort of what they did with How I Met Your Father, where it would be these four women in the city or in yeah in, in Miami and they meet and one of them needs a roommate and whatever and it turns out that one of them was like one of them was uh, Blanche's daughter and they all end up living together in the house on Richmond Street and so it's like it's the women's children the women's daughters that are living together so I guess it would be Kate and uh, did. Blanche have or any at this daughters? point it could be granddaughter. Oh yeah, yeah I she get... had a daughter. She had Becky. Granddaughters. Even... Yeah. Oh duh. Of course. Becky. Oh, Rebecca. Yeah. Um yeah. 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 Or maybe granddaughters. I guess yeah, it would depend on I mean, how I don't know. I'm trying to think I'm of trying to think of the ages. Be, it may have to yeah. be their daughters. Um, but I don't yeah. know. But yeah, I just it's so Don't touch it though. Don't touch yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's it. gonna be well, like yeah, friends. I, I prefer if they didn't. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it it'll it, it won't happen. But that's a really good question. Do you have any sort of like opinions on what you would do with it? No, I think I would prefer them not to do anything with it, but it just seems like they take everything. And Mm -hmm. so I think like, well, what would be the ideal if they're going to have to touch it? Then Mm. like, I don't know. I I do sort of like the idea of maybe four different people living in that house, but it's not connected to the other women, almost Mm. like a spinoff. Or I think there could be something fun about like a, a prequel series about, one of the women getting to know them in the seventies, well, like a like a Sophia you know? prequel series, like the Godfather yeah. Part Two. You know what I mean? <laughs> Have it be Sophia cool. yeah. coming over from Italy. Yeah, but if they don't have to touch it, don't touch it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Sorry, I no, 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 that's no, please, great. That's a please. great question. Um, yeah, so it's it's Christmas time. Dorothy to the women is rightfully pointing out it's capitalist holiday. And um, that, you know, people think going into debt to buy gifts has become more important than just than just spending time together, which I feel like in today's like wild inflation time that we're living in, um, I feel like her message makes sense right now more than ever. Um, I still want the bought gifts, though. I don't want anyone to make me anything. I'm sorry. I want you to buy me something from Target. And I like going to the mall. I'm a mall person. So I want to go to the mall. I mean, I felt weirdly nostalgic just when they were coming into that scene and putting down those bags and saying how crowded the mall was. I was like, yeah, that's what it, I don't know. I I like all that. Yeah. Same, same, same. I don't know. I've, I mean, I, I live by, I live near a very pretty gorgeous mall, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm tired. I'm, I'm stressed about having to buy gifts well, and I mean, stuff. I feel like I made. That- Danny and I don't have children. You have a child. So like us going to the mall is just sort of like, let's get a Starbucks and walk buy around ourselves gifts. and buy ourselves gifts. You have yeah. a child that you have to contend with yelling and screaming and walking around a mall with arms flying everywhere. So I get it. Yeah. She de- I'm she getting a de- wetzel pretzel and then watching the moms with the screaming yes. kids being like, wow, that looks stressful. Yeah, it is. Um, so the girls decide that this year they're going to exchange homemade gifts um, and, and then there is the scene of the exchanging of the gifts. And I was my favorite scene in how, in golden girls history. Really? Oh, so, good. so good. And golden girls yeah. history. This is your favorite scene. 
I think it is. Yeah. 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 I think it's the most brilliant. It's I, I mean, there's so many brilliant scenes, but I, um, the moment when she gives Blanche gives the men of Blanche's bourgeois calendar and, uh, they're, the girls are looking through it and say, uh, September. And they're so shocked by what they see. Obviously yeah. what they're seeing is like a naked man. That's what we're led to believe. And then, yeah. um, Sophia, saying uh, oh we got the clip. oh we've got we've got the clip yeah, okay, we're, the, we're gonna okay, play, play it we're gonna play it um so very quickly i just want to point out the gorgeous warmth of the living room set i feel oh, like yes. for a christmas episode mm-hmm. the so the living room this was the only scene that felt like christmas to me but they had the giant tree they had that like super 80 silver tinsel that would like stick on everything and like your cat mm-hmm. would choke on it like that stuff that just gets everywhere Which i think is back now is it back? Oh, is it tre- it's oh. trendy again wow. yeah. have they made cat friendly is. tinsel i hope so <laughs> i don't know um, this was also the first time I realized there's a fireplace in the back of the room because there are like beautiful stockings hung on it. And I was like, wait, are fireplaces I, typical for homes in Miami? I had, uh, Probably not. But I actually had a question. Do you think the placement of the tree, I get, I get because of the set, it had to be placed there. But I actually think having the tree behind the door that enters into the house is actually a horrible spot for a Christmas tree. You want it to be far in the corner by the hallway so that when you enter the house, you can be like, Oh wow. Pretty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But then it, we, then we wouldn't have seen it though as well, yeah, but that's that. what you're, that's it. what you're saying. But yes. yes, I agree. If this were just your house and not a television set, I agree that <laughs> having it set but, further back, you know, Michael and I sometimes, this is so stupid. This is apartment living. Well, sort of, I mean, I guess it depends on your apartment, but we sometimes will, make a loud gesture and like, we'll do something in the apartment and then we'll be like, let's turn to the studio audience. And then we'll look at the wall that is sort of like our main wall. And we just turn to the studio audience often in our apartment, which is ridiculous, but that's great. And you don't hang anything on that wall. Cause that's where the giant cameras go. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. of course. Yeah. That's where your light, that's where your camera is. That's where the director yep. is pointing. The lights, yep. everything. Yep. It's all there. It's um, all there. I do. I also I appreciated Blanche was the only one who was really dressed like festively because she was in the same color as the silver tinsel, just head to toe, like shimmering silver. Mm-hmm. But like B. Arthur, like I, I just don't understand why Judith Evans didn't dress the rest of the women in like greens, reds, golds. Like B. Arthur, her vest looked like an Easter table runner. I just couldn't. <laughs> I didn't know what why. Was Rose wearing? I think what was she Rose was. Wearing in this she one? might have been wearing like a, a blue? blue. I think she was wearing a blue. Yeah. But, the... well, but that's because in the next in the next part of the episode, she's wearing that beautiful green, and they're all sort of festive-y in the next one. No, she may be wearing a little green, and Blanche once again in the next scene is wearing silver, but Dorothy's wearing brown. It's just well, I wanted more. Like I wanted the airport yeah. to be decorated more for Christmas. I wanted the grief counseling center to be decorated more for Christmas. Like at, at the diner, like they, I just yeah. I wanted more Christmas, and I know they spent all this money on all these swing sets because they had all these extra sets but like just the living room was the only thing that was so Christmassy and I wanted more of it I hope I'm not making this up I know I read or heard this somewhere but in the 90s they would often do that where one setup would be that really like glamorous shot so that they could use that for promos so like when they did TGIF and stuff they would have like that one set or where or at the end of the episode where the whole cast gets together in the nineties and they'd be like, and a happy holidays from. Interesting. Um, so I don't know. Yes. I do remember those I promos might have made that up or something. No, no that makes that sense. Right. Yeah. yeah they... But I agree. They, every, especially in a Christmas episode, I feel like every inch of the screen. And that always is what I think about with Hallmark movies is that they do that so well in every single mm-hmm. scene, every inch. Is I don't covered. know. I have a feeling the two Jews on set, Estelle Getty and B. Arthur, <laughs> were like, come on, guys, let's not go crazy now. <laughs> it is entirely possible. Um, so the women start handing out gifts. You know, Rose gives Dorothy the maple syrup spigot, which she handcrafted, which I actually think is incredibly impressive because I don't think she even had a lot of time to do that. Um, also makes you wonder if she spent time in prison. She can, whittles? Like, yeah, you can, like, whittle, like, guns and stuff out of soap and shit. How do you learn that in prison? Sure. <laughs> I am not crafty. Sure. I would not Or she just I wouldn't grew up on a farm and... But you don't have to whittle on a farm. You don't have to whittle in prison. Well, you do. There's a lot of time to pass. You know I like I mean? that the only two options here are prison <laughs> <or crime. laughs> 
So no, we have to get the Blanche's gift. Yes, I was going to say, let's get to Danny's favorite scene. Uh, Danny, here's a treat. We have that joke that you were talking about. We actually have that moment. So uh, let's play it now. Each month has the picture of a man who's brought some special joy into my life. Oh, honey, this is so thoughtful. Whoa! <laughs> September. Yep. I'm surprised you were able to walk in October. Okay. Here's the thing. So good. Here's the so thing I want to I want to confess. And I've I've mentioned Brilliant. a lot about my life on this podcast, and I've shared I've overshared quite a bit, and. The listeners know that I am very sex positive. I've been a slut in my past. You know what I mean? And proudly, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that. I don't know if I would be able, I've had, I've had more than 12 partners, but I don't know if I would be able to convince 12 men I've been intimate with to supposedly pose naked for a calendar that I could celebrate them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't know if I'd be able to the do logistics. that. Well, we don't actually know if that's what the photos were for. It could have oh. been that Blanche was taking photos for herself and then she turned them into a calendar for her friends, she knowing that they were going to. Month. Yeah, knowing that they were going to probably stay in the house. Although I could see Rose just not thinking and bringing hers to the grief counseling center. And yeah, because in it some right states, she could be arrested for revenge porn for doing that. Yeah, but this was the 80s. <laughs> I'm not saying it makes it better, but I'm just saying I don't think that – I think my she sense She wasn't is, like having people sign a release. Yeah, like she was taking like those photos as part of their their. It's right next to the whipped cream and the, and, the, and the hand tie things in the room yeah. and the, the release. <laughs> I'm going to be making a calendar of the of you uh, yeah. for my friends. I also <laughs> love – What the, I love – No, please – Oh, Go ahead, Danny. Sorry. I, I, for that joke that you played, I think um, one of the things I love about it is like naughty people find it funny because they're like, oh, I get it. Blanche is being slutty and I, I'm like that too. You know, like that's how mm-hmm. we, could, we could watch it. But then also I think people who are maybe more uptight can laugh at that joke too. And I love um, – I forget my train of thought. I just totally lost my train of thought. I just sort of like that mix of being able the the humor that's like for naughty people yeah. and and the more buttoned up people. I just something I for everybody. That, that joke plays that joke something can for play everyone. for anyone and it's perfect. And like what a remarkably clever way to get a giant penis on network television. Um Okay. On that note, and, Karen, and so I, character based too. It's so character based. True, uh-huh. very character based. Yes, I Blanche think... makes custom calendars. She I mean it makes her like the original Shutterfly too, like custom calendars with photos. Oh, true. Totally. But I do really think that we should take a break on giant penis on television. I I find that to be um the best point <laughs> to take our break. So let's take a break right now. We'll be right back. And we are back. So I feel like there was a deleted moment in this episode um, after Blanche gives the calendars away because Dorothy starts telling a story. She's like, you know, my favorite Christmas was in New York, 1932. Do you remember it, Ma? And then like, that's the end of the thought. There's no story. And then Blanche just starts talking about her family. Did you guys, did you pick up on that? Well, didn't Sophia, no, Sophia said no. Well, she she goes, do I remember it? Do I remember and then they and then they move on, but we never know what the that yeah. that that Christmas is. Well, nineteen thirty-two. We the answers. I wonder what was happening. That the depression was happening then, so maybe they didn't have much, <laughs> and that's why there was no story. So we didn't have a lot, so there's no story yeah, there. That was the end. Yeah, the it implication. Was it was too traumatic. Um. All right, Rose singing the first Noel. Great comedic timing from all of them. That was amazing. Uh, and then we get to the grief center. Which is, so the women have to pick up Rose on the way to the airport the next morning so they can all catch flights to see their families for Christmas. Um, I feel like we just have to start with a caveat that this scene certainly doesn't help break any stigmas about mental illness. Um, It also seems a little unethical and bad business practice that the counselors talk to the patients in the waiting room within earshot of everyone else. Um, But I... We had to suspend yeah. a lot of disbelief. And, but then I realized later when like the naughty Santa comes in and Rose or Blanche and Dorothy are having an aside about how to disarm him, they're talking like 
a foot and a half away from him. So I was like, oh, maybe in this world, people can't hear more than a foot away from where they're currently sitting. Well, but also, I mean, I have been I've been very poor in the past and I have been to many a health centers where like you really just got to be open about your problems in front of strangers, basically, because you just they kind of corral you through things. So maybe Rose's Place, the grief center is just sort of like a for a low income people or something well you know now I, mean? I feel like an asshole i liked when she was <laughs> when she was ready to go gary <laughs> when she was ready to leave she, i liked how she just was like okay time to go and she was just like leaving everyone there yeah. and there was no one she was checking out with it was just like okay yeah it's i'm gone yeah it's, it felt very mid-shift <laughs> yeah but yes. but she was just like i'm <laughs> leaving she was telling um, us so the guy Okay, the guy who played with the matches and wanted to ask Dorothy for he asked Dorothy for the match. Did either one of you think he was hot? Because I found him incredibly attractive. <laughs> well, he's yeah. Isn't he the guy from Forrest Gump that like has sex with Sally Field? I think he is. Wait, the guy who plays Elvis. Yeah, like I should. No, 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 no. The guy who played the like the the principal of the school that Sally that's that Forrest's mom was trying to get Forrest into. And he was like, there are things that we could do, make arrangements. Oh, and then right. it cuts the, to, the I know, squeaking. yeah, and it cuts to them having yeah. sex. And then he leaves and he was like, your mama cares a lot about your education. I think oh, it's that guy. it could be. I just, I he gave yeah. me like young Lurch from the Adams Family vibes. And I thought, I don't know. I oh. thought he, I, I loved his speaking I voice. I just liked his long lean build and his hair. Um, but then when I noticed when he was sitting with Dorothy and it's just a two shot of them in frame, if you look in that shot, it is wall to wall Brown, like their outfits, her purse, the blinds, the wall, the artwork is a sea of Brown and a Christmas episode. Okay. <laughs> it was so much. I have brown. to ask Danny here, Danny, I, I now this is a Christmas question and I actually love the vintage brown, like red brown tones of some sort of like Taylor Swift Christmas moments. You know what I mean? Like it's very pumpkin spice latte aesthetic situation. And I think browns, the variations of browns is actually kind of Christmassy in a lot of ways. Danny, what do you think? I, I um, disagree. (laughs) I, I mean, maybe I, maybe like woodsy. I think like, I think um, kind of like the green pine with, the woodsy, it, maybe is that the kind of browns you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, very outdoorsy, very yeah, like a wood apple yeah. orchard. Right, but what you just said, you said yeah. the words pine and yeah. apple. That's green and red that you have to pair with that brown to make it feel Christmassy, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I'd wear brown to a Christmas party. You know what I mean? You know, for a while, all that beige was in for Christmas decorations, and now this year, People are saying that those that's out now because oh. last year a lot of people were doing like very kind of minimalistic beigey holiday decor, mm. and now the thing is like the deep maroon um, burgundy is really in, and then like sort of the kitschy, uh, nostalgic, colorful stuff is in. Interesting. Um, but so there was a time when I think a lot of the beige, which is brown adjacent, was really like a thing. I love beige. I love beige. Just saying it. I love beige. (laughs) (laughs) Like a little Oprah moment. (laughs) I do. If I'm going to Kim K's house, Kim Kardashian's house, it's all beige. I would fit in just fine. I'd sit there with a nice little coffee. Good to go. It is calming. I think it's a calming. Browns and beiges are calming. I I agree that they are calming. I disagree that they are Christmas. Unless, like Danny said, like maybe if they're paired with something Christmassy and you've got that kind of woodsy vibe. Um, so the other women show up, um, they're trying to usher Rose out of the grief counseling center because they're trying to get to the airport and there's nothing more stressful than thinking you're going to miss your plane over the holidays. Mm. Uh, but of course a Santa comes in. So Blanche is like trapped in a horny escape for a moment. Um, and the Santa, um, I'm sure Golden Girls fans know this, um, but he's played by Terry Kaiser, uh, who also played Don, the guy that Dorothy dates, who's in the Beatles cover band and the Commitments episode in season mm-hmm. seven. But he does look very different in this episode and from Weekend at Bernie's, because in this episode, he doesn't have a mustache. And he's one of those guys, yep. I think, that looks totally different when he doesn't have a mustache, because I would not look at that guy and be like, oh, yeah, that's a guy that's Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's. Danny, did you know that that's who that was? 
I did not know that that was who, who that was at all. And I'm being, my mind is being blown right now. What but you do this, you give him a mustache and, and he's Bernie because he does look like Bernie in the season seven oh. episode because he's got the mustache. But speaking of IP that they're ripe to reboot, I think uh, Weekend at Bernie's is just oh, yeah. scratching on the door. Here's right why I hope that in. doesn't happen. <laughs> because remember, by the second by the second movie, because they were like, "Well, what do, you know? How do we make it different than the first? Which in the first movie, he's just being puppet. I mean, I feel like I feel like just people are gonna Wait, people are I gonna never be- saw the second. Was he still dead? Was he still dead in the second? Yes. Movie? Wasn't yes. he always dead? How did he? Yeah. I mean, wouldn't rigor mortis set in? Well, rigor mortis sets in and then it actually releases. But decomposition is what you'd have to be worried oh. about if you're not embalmed. So I listened to you. I've, I've killed a lot <laughs> Wait, of were people. There... <laughs> um, were there just two? Were there just, just two, two of them. them. But in the second one, he's, oh, it's been so long since I've seen it. But there's, there's like some magic that goes on and Bernie's. Bernie's body like moves on its own but it just dances yeah it dances and his head kind of shakes I don't think if they reboot Weekend at Bernie's well no here's the thing if you're going to watch Weekend at Bernie's let me bring it back to Daniel Radcliffe then you need to watch the movie okay I'm ready then you need if you want to see a movie about somebody hanging spending a lot of time with a dead body you have to watch the Daniel Radcliffe movie I think it was just Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano and Daniel Daniel Radcliffe yeah. plays a farting dead body for the entire movie. Isn't it? Isn't it from the guys who did? Um, oh God! Uh, Everything everywhere. Swiss the, Army characters. Man. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's anyway. So I remember reading about that, but I don't think I saw that. It's great. It's the like it's like Castaway <laughs> meets Weekend at Bernie's. Wow. Yeah. Wilson, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say that that's the kind of movie they're not making anymore. But then you just said they made a Daniel Radcliffe movie where he's farting a bunch. So, but the problem is, they are. as kids, we all knew about Weekend at Bernie's and we were very excited about it. But I mean, we don't know about the Daniel Radcliffe movie, so like something's not working. Um, right. Yeah, right. Because we were also fo- forced to watch these things a million times yeah, in a row, exactly on, on TNT. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They wouldn't make Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Which is also how we all got to know the, I mean, at least for me, I, that's how I got to know the Golden Girls exactly. was through watching yeah. reruns. Yeah, he just had it all, yep. all the time. It was great. There yeah. is a totally. great exchange between Blanche and Dorothy uh, while Terry Kaiser is kind of like keeping them all in the group counseling center um, that I would love to play because it's it had such a great Dorothy one-liner. our plane what are we gonna do listen because i have an idea now i'm gonna create a diversion by bending over and picking up something seductively then the two of you sneak up behind him and give him a karate chop blanche what do we look like charlie's angels <laughs> i have been told i bear a striking resemblance to miss cheryl ladd <laughs> although my bosoms are perkier <laughs> Not even if you were hanging upside down on a trapeze. <laughs> on a trapeze. What a great joke. How imaginative is Dorothy's Bornack yeah. in that moment? Well, she's a substitute teacher. Yeah, she's uh I it's <laughs> I love it. It it's so it's so I mean, visual. <laughs> what are you gonna when say, Dan? Really break down all of the writing in the show, it's just stunningly brilliant yeah i mean it really and also how well they knew even on moments like when you know the characters so well and you know how each one would react to christmas i think it it just makes it so much better yeah the the characters were fleshed out so well that yeah it almost feels like you put them in any situation you know exactly who's going to react in what way and you know who's going to have conflict because of what and they are just the most Mm -hmm. yeah they're like some of the most well fleshed out sitcom characters i've ever seen and the, the actors can save like a bad line or something. Like, so even if it is uh, maybe not the strongest writing, it's like the actor can totally pick up that little weak spot and, and make it great. Yep. Yep. That's yeah, what you definitely. get from the theater. So, okay. So, <laughs> all right. So what happens next? So yeah, the guy, give, there's a little bit of forced merriment. It's a, from, toy, it's a gun. toy gun. Sophia comes in and saves the day. The women run out. They all go to the airport, which if you notice the exterior shot, the airport, it's called World Airlines. 
It's the most generic name. I was like, great. Um, Also, again, the airport, it was so much pink. I wanted more Christmas. Like, give me Christmas. It just looked like an extension off of Blanche's bedroom. I had a feeling airports in the... In the '80s, kind of just looked like that, though. It, it, I mean, the I remember Home the Alone Airport, Airport didn't. I, not, I mean, that was early '90s. Well, but, but that's O'Hare. O'Hare's different, and they had money there. But in St. Louis, it was like not like that, and it was very beigey, and they had a smoking section, and it was just all very gray, you know. It's still so wild to me that they were smoking on planes. But I do agree with Carrie that I think there should have been a wreath or something, yeah. some sort of. Or twi- Take a poinsettia from the women's mm-hmm. house, put it on a little table, give me a little bit of garland. Like this show's Yeah. Some candles. Yeah, the show's some, doing something. really well for NBC. They can afford it. Um, I love that all even though all the women are running super late, Rose and Blanche make sure to escort Sophia and Dorothy all the way to their gate before turning around and running to their own gate. Um, of course it doesn't matter because all the flights are canceled because of horrible weather. The women are bummed because they can't get home to see their families for the holidays. Um, so they go to Albert's diner, which was charming. One of the best diners on, one of the best meal moments on the Golden Girls, hands down. I love a diner Mm. scene. I love a diner scene at Christmas, the holiday times. Like it reminds me of, do you remember Mm -hmm. the movie Dutch with Ed O'Neill and, um, Ethan Embry? Like they go to a diner and like truck stops and being on the road and like just the wet snow that you're driving through. It's just. Yeah. Yeah, diners feel very mm-hmm. Christmassy. Very. They feel very seasonal, wintry. Well, because they're open. I mean, what's great about, I think, a diner, and I think why they feel very Christmassy and very seasonal, is that in a weird way, a diner, to me, always kind of represents like a place that you can go at all times. Like it is just sort of yeah. like yeah. you're welcome at all times, no matter the time of night or day of the year or whatever it is. And so there is something very sort of like warm and cozy about it, I think, for that reason. I love that scene in Sleepless in Seattle when she's driving home from a Christmas dinner and um, she's listening to uh, Tom Hanks on the radio and then she stops at the diner and they're all listening Mm. on the radio and like everybody's sort of bonding in the diner and it's winter. Yeah, you can't go wrong with the diner location. Uh, I feel like Nancy Nancy Myers needs to lean into the diners and like a little, like just lean away from like a little cute bakery for a second where you're going to make your chocolate croissants and just like lean into a diner. Yeah, head on over the diner diner for a second. Um, I love, I absolutely love this scene. And, and I think because we talk about one of the great things we love about the Golden Girls is the chosen family. And there is that really sweet moment with Albert who owns the diner where he's like, you know, the way you guys were all teasing and talking to each other, I just could have sworn you were all family. And, you know, and the women are, you know, of course they've been feeling so bummed because they haven't been able to fly home to see their families. And they're kind of like, oh yeah, it's like, been here all along we were feeling so sorry for ourselves we are celebrating christmas with our family and it just is a really sweet Mm -hmm. moment i think that really solidifies like one of the main things we love that actor i want to give a credit to that actor because a lot of people probably know him from good times teddy wilson uh he was a great great tv character actor tv and film but mainly tv yeah and i want to point out that a lot of times these sitcoms they uh when they do their holiday episodes, it's like they have to get the whole cast together, but then they also are trying to explain like, why aren't the cast with their families mm-hmm. during this time of year that is often with friends. And I like that golden girls just addressed that really head on and was like, yeah, this episode's going to be about that chosen family. Yeah. And so we are going to put these people together and uh, figure out why we're putting them together. And mm-hmm. I don't know that was interesting to me because it often can feel so clunky when they, try to do it on uh, other sitcoms yeah totally but i did think it was a little crazy that he just left the diner for them to <laughs> yeah i mean i he'd probably be in trouble with his boss well um, no i know, think he'd, he'd yeah. pro- i thought it was his diner i thought he owned oh, it is it or, his diner? Yeah, I, but, oh either way it just felt strange to me that he was like yeah take it like well to go, me go it feels it. like it feels like the opening scene of like like the next a24 horror movie where it is this guy. He just wants to go home and see his family. And you just see these four sweet older women who come in and they're like, oh, our flight was canceled. And they're like, go home, see your family. You can trust us. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, like Sophia's poisoning the entire town with like rat poison, bunt cake and stuff. Uh-huh. And it's like these sweet old, and then they're so I unsuspecting. I think let's, let's have an offline conversation. That's the reboot. That's the reboot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reboot. <laughs> 
It's a Golden Girls horror movie that starts in a diner. Um, Golden Girls <laughs> Diner Horror Christmas. Those those four words are the elevator it. pitch. I bet they do that. They're doing that now with these horror movies where there's like the Grinch horror movie or yeah. Winnie It's a wonderful so knife. It's, only it's a, a wonderful time, knife. Carrie, yeah. you just you better yeah. you better write this down. Yeah, start writing. The strike is over, Disney baby. The line because all right, well, let's we're gonna the three of us <laughs> have to write it. it together. So the future. <laughs> I'll just bring baked this goods. I don't. Oh gosh. Yes, yes. Well, then it's it's the women have a sweet moment. It starts snowing. They need yeah. Christmas music. Rose plays Serpent Safari by the Beach Boys. And I the, every time I hear that, I'm like, oh god. I wonder how much that cost then, and I wonder how much it costs Hulu mm. now to play the Beach Boys in this episode. I don't know, but um, yeah. you know, because we don't get a lot of like really big hit songs played on the Golden Girls. Yeah. Um, so I just thought that yeah. was, yeah, I thought that was kind of fun to to hear like a mainstream song. They loosened up the purse strings for the the music rights, but they didn't um, get any decor. And I mean, maybe <laughs> that was maybe that was the trade. Yeah, that's where the yeah, that went. was the trade off. So yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the episode, and it's it's really sweet. And I know the Golden Girls only did two yeah. Christmas episodes, but this is by far um, the better of the two, I think. Yeah, Danny, you 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 chose this episode. Like when we were texting, this was the episode. Why this episode? What does it mean to you? Well, I just love. Um, I mean, we talked a little bit about the drama of the holidays, and I think back to the time when Golden Girls was airing, or or when I was growing up in the '90s, and every holiday season. I mean, even on Halloween, you would have these mm-hmm. big blocks of programming where they would tease them forever, and I just love the drama of all that. And they, they would do that for Christmas too. It was yeah. like the the Golden Girls Christmas special airing back to back with the ALF Christmas special, mm. which is one of the most wild things. If people haven't seen it, go look up the ALF Christmas special because it's the batshit, most batshit thing you'll ever see. Um, but I love when they would tease that and promote it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. So I love the pomp and circumstance of the traditional sitcom holiday episode yeah. um, that I don't think they do as much anymore. And I, when I look through these streaming services, all of them have like their holiday hub. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll sh- they'll clump together the episodes of Cheers or mm-hmm. Friends or whatever that are holiday themed. And I just think more shows should be doing that pomp and circumstance because look at they live on even more so than some of the other episodes within their series. Yeah. Um, but I um, did I answer the question? Yes, you did. Why did I like it? So I yeah, I just love the I love the drama, and I I think that joke in particular that you played is to me one of the most brilliant pieces of writing they've ever done and yeah yeah oh so good so good well i think that is a perfect thing to end this segment on and take a little break and then come back with our golden takeaways We are back with our golden takeaway, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives of our listeners. Carrie, we'll go first, Danny, so you can just think about it for a second. Carrie, what is your golden takeaway from this episode? So in what sort of Danny was saying at the beginning of our conversation about um, whether or not like good Christmas movies can still be made, I want to plug um, my friend Kevin Jakubowski, a, a movie that he wrote, which was actually a based on a book that he wrote called 8-Bit Christmas um, that you can watch on Max. I think it came out a year or two ago, but I believe it's still on Max. Mm. And it's like a Christmas story, but it takes place in the 80s. Um, and it, it's so much, it, he was like this super nice, sweet Midwestern guy. And it's kind of based on his childhood. And watching it, because it kind of feels like a Christmas story, it's a really sweet, funny movie. And it kind of gives me the same feels that I get when I watch those mm. other movies and June Diane Raphael is in it and Steve Zahn is in it and they're just like so perfectly cast. And uh, so I just want to recommend that movie to people if they're kind of looking for something new to watch in the Christmas space, but they're kind of looking for that nostalgic feel. Oh, I love that. I love that golden takeaway. My golden takeaway from this episode, really more so from our chat together, the three of us, is that, you know, we all live here in Los Angeles and we all kind of work in entertainment, different ways of entertainment. And sometimes 
you can meet people and just be like, wow, real assholes. And like, no one is ever genuine and no one is ever real. And no one like the follow through with the person you think you have a connection with is often sometimes very sort of vapid and fake. And I will say from the moment I met Danny, when he did, you're making it worse years uh-huh. ago to now. And the same goes with Carrie too, that the follow through is there. Like the, the, the connection of the obsession of the things that we obsess over continue on and is the basis of a friendship that then grows into lots of different branches and becomes lots of different things. And it's not just the one thing we obsess over. It's a lot of different things. And I love that. And you don't get that a lot in Hollywood, I don't think. So I'm very grateful for both of you for being not vapid fuckers. (laughs) This is why we have an R rating (laughs) on our podcast. I'm blushing. (laughs) Yes, it's all me. It's all me. Well, it's always so fun to get to chat with people that you have a common interest with. And so I don't know. I love finding people like you guys where you can geek out over something like the golden girls. And I was just so happy to be here. So I feel like I was just sitting here smiling the whole time, but um, the uh, I, I do want to, my sort of golden takeaway is just, we were talking about these old episodes and I tend to explore a lot of the old episodes, whether they be on like YouTube or one of those streaming services, but I think the holiday hubs are really fun. So if, if anyone maybe gets tired of the holiday movies or wants to watch just like a little 30 minute thing, go to one of those holiday hubs because it is so fun to watch like a, I just the other night watched an old cheers holiday episode from like 91 or something. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't seen it. And I don't know. It just feels like you're right there then. And you could kind of plug in. And so it's fun. I love that. I love that. I'm going to watch watch the the Alf Alf one. I love your obsession with Alf. Because I mean, I loved Alf as a kid too. I had the puppets and everything. I just love your obsession with Alf. I know. I love him. It's so because I, I I recently binged, so that's why. Yeah, there was. So I'm into my it. But that my friend's last crazy. name was um, growing up with Shumway, which I which is Alf's last name, and it was the weirdest thing because I have never met a Shumway since. I've never heard the last name Shumway uttered anywhere other than the show Alf, but I knew a Shumway. That's wow. my Alf story. <laughs> okay. Wait, last thing before I, and I'm, I'm sorry to jump in here again, but um, this is sort of Golden Girls related. And I just want to recommend the Mama's Family (gasps) Christmas episode where she ends up saving Leland the Goose. It's um, a classic and it's Golden Girls. Everyone listening to this podcast knows how much I love Mama's Family. I am from my family. My mom's side of the family is from that area of Raytown, Missouri. We love Mama's family. So, like the fact that you said Mama's family, that's another branch in the friendship. I was going to say, your H. Allen, for those yes. listening at home, yes. H. Allen's hands just wildly f- just swung up in the air at the mention in Mama's family. Um, I love a Vicky Lawrence. Oh too. my God. I-, I feel like Mama's family is like kind of on the cusp of like reaching like a greater cultural I status than so. where it's at. I hope so. Oh my it God. Needs to, just like it so, need to, just Vicky. like so. Just like so. Wait, Danny, what if we what if we like proposition Vicky Lawrence for a chat? We could do it together. I would love to. I would do that. Yeah, I would love Let's to. Let's do that. Let's figure I would love that to. out. She's she does like the I follow her on Instagram Same. and I always see she does like the circuits of um Yeah. I'm know, always like um, those cons. I mean the cons. I, I DM her a lot and she doesn't respond. And I'm always a little like, come on, I love you, but I'm it's gonna happen. I think I reached out to her once to come on my show and didn't get a response. We're going to do it. I don't know if it was an email. Yeah, you need to like Wonder Twin Powers activate your forces and you'll you'll, you'll make it happen. The dream dream would be to interview her as Mama (gasps) and Alf as Alf together. Like, could you imagine that Zoom? I can't. I can't. They don't even have to be in costume. Like, just do the voice. They could just do this. Danny, I'm going to send you some really disappointing um, links to articles about the guy that did the voice of Alf. Wait. Yeah, there's some oh there's God. some things. Wait, I, wait, I'm scared. Don't be. We'll talk. We'll thing. talk we offline. We'll talk offline. Yeah. Here, we'll we'll end on we'll end on a good note by saying that. Wait. Yes. So. Go ahead. Oh, I was go just going to say we'll end on a good note by saying that everybody should check out the Jolliest Bunch Unhinged Everything. Holiday oh, yes. Stories, uh, Danny's Christmas book, which I'm now immediately going to buy at my local bookstore now that I know that there's so much fun oh. 80s and 90s holiday stuff in it. So much fun. There is, there's like, a, I mean, I think I, in the acknowledgements, there's mama's family stuff and um, yeah, there's like a whole little Saved by the Bell, little detour about that holiday episode where Zach Morris works. Oh, the mall, mall episode. Yes. Like, there's lots oh of pop God, culture stuff. I, yes. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, Danny, we have we're gonna do some business to end this, but when I point to you, you have to say stay golden. Everyone listening knows to do it, but except for you. So like you, um, you just just trust me when we cue you. Okay. Okay. Terry. <laughs> Thank you all so so much for listening. This has been another episode of Out on the Lanai. We will catch you back here next week for more Golden Girls greatness. Oh, and guys, you know that we are part of Mom Moguls of Media. So go ahead and subscribe to Mom Plus. And you can follow us on social media at Golden Girls Pod on Twitter, out on the Lanai Official on Instagram, Golden Girls Pod on Facebook, and I am H on Scott slash Sadie Pines on everything. And I am Squidzy on Instagram and Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. And if you guys want to support the podcast, give us a rating and review wherever you get this podcast because the more ratings we get, the more the show will get bumped up and the more people will discover it and join our lovely kick ass community of Golden Girls fans. Okay, Danny, this is almost your moment. Okay, ready? And remember. As always. Okay, here we go. Stay golden. Stay golden. golden. That was harmonious. <laughs> that was. That was. We really did. It was a Christmas carol. Out on the Lanai is not endorsed by Whit Thomas Harris Productions, Touchstone Television, Disney, or any of its subsidiaries. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names, pictures, audio, and video clips of the Golden Girls are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. 